We're in Isaiah chapter 54. Just for a few moments, I want to thank you for coming. Thank you for giving attention tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about children. And in Isaiah chapter 54, uh, Jesus, or the God, is telling the nation of Israel in particular that he's their husband. And he wants to live with them in sweetness and in continuity and productivity. And he tells them, I love you, but you've been away from me. And we want to, I want to one day be with you. Now, it's going to talk a little bit about future events, about uh, the millennium period. If you were to look at it prophetically, that's what you're probably looking at. But God has given, he says one thing, but there are many applications. There's one interpretation, many applications. We see the scriptures. And oftentimes when we have children, baby dedication, I love to quote this verse. It's a verse that stands out to me that reminds me, being a father of nine children, I have oftentimes uh, been so amazed at God's goodness to our children. And children are an heritage of the Lord. They're not yours. They're not mine. I found that out firsthand when the Lord decided to take one of our children and live with him earlier than I wanted. But they were never mine. He was never mine, not one day. And our children are not ours. They belong to the Lord. They should be raised in the nurture and admonition of the... Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, will not depart from it. We're trying to help children um, be glad and uh, to live in a holy life and a life that would be pleasing to the Lord. You don't raise your children. Sometimes I want, I want kids to learn how to, how to provide for themselves and, and make a good living and be a good citizen. And that's all good and well. But that is a terrible end. You don't want them just to live and to die and to contribute to society and that's it. We ought to want our children to be touched by God so they can touch others. And so that they can speak with the enemies in the gates, the unsaved people, and, and they can have influence. My mom and dad would say oftentimes uh, to us, my mother especially, you say, John, I'm not raising you so I'll love you. And so I'll like you. I'd like to raise you so the whole world will love you. I want to raise you in such a way that wherever you go, you can help other people, not just help me and your dad. Well, I remember that oftentimes. And, you know, sometimes we become extremely selfish and we create selfishness in our children. We make life all about them. And, uh, boy, when you have kids, you want to realize that those kids belong to the Lord. And you need to consult God. What is the best thing? When should they have a cell phone? I think it's every parent's prerogative. But you ought to ask the Lord about that. There's not every kid that can handle a cell phone. You know, when should they get their driver's license? What should they watch? How long should they be on the, on the video? What movie should they do to look at? Which one they shouldn't? That, these are things that you might have opinions and I have opinions, but quite frankly, we need to get his opinion. Lord, what does the Lord want for my child? And I believe God has given us some few thoughts from Isaiah chapter 54 that have helped me a little bit. And I'm just going to talk about two verses primarily. But let's look at verse number 14 to begin with. Can we please? Isaiah chapter 54, verse number 13. The Bible says, And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Father, just help me. I don't plan to speak long, but I do want to say what you want me to say and I'd like for it to be helpful, whether we're single adults here, or we're grandparents, or we are uh, parents in the middle of it. Help us, Lord, to know what's best. If we're a young married couple and we love to have kids, and 
or those we're trying to work with. Help us to see these truths and apply them to our heart and life is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the attributes God wants in your children, in my life, in your life, in the Wilkerson home, and in your home that is oftentimes blown apart is peace. You've got to make peace to make progress. You've got to have rest to progress. And Jesus is the prince of peace, and Satan is the master of disaster. He is trying to destroy homes, destroy parents, uh, destroy children. If you think for a moment the devil's not after your child, he's after your, your kid. You can see that by just looking at internets and looking at YouTube. You can see there's a lot of things in there. Even shows like Arthur. It used to be so cute. But listen to how Arthur talks to his mom or dad. And your kid gets a hold of that and they, they start talking like you. And they went, oh, that was just a cute little cartoon. Not so cute. All these, these, it's amazing how much of our, of our culture has been determined by the family guy and Simpsons. These little cartoons teaching us how we're supposed to react and act in this world today. And destroying us slowly, a slow death of our children. God wants us to have peaceful children. And he says, listen, here's what you do. You teach the children of the Lord. Not your legacy, not your parents, not your, your mom and dad, and not what they all believe. Nothing wrong with that, and we all are passing on our parents' uh, influence and things of that nature, but all of it ought to be checked with what does God say? He said, let your children be taught of the Lord. Let's think of a couple things that our kids need to be taught about about the Lord. Number one, I think we ought to be taught about the Lord's love. I like this, I'm glad. That most kids, their first Christian song they listen to is, Yes, Jesus loves me. And I'm glad about that. I'm not so sure it shouldn't be, Jesus loves the little children of the world. But we think about, we want them to know he loves us. God says he giveth his beloved sleep. One thing God wants you to know is he loves you. And your child needs to be taught that God loves them. And God loves their brothers and sisters, and God loves their mom and their dad, and God loves the whole world. You see someone of a different background or a different creed or a different race, you let them, God loves them. I'll just tell you something. I told Linda yesterday, and I said, honey, I am waving my arm off at everybody I see. If I want everybody to know that I love them, hey, how you doing? How you doing? People are like, how you doing? Hey, you know. I want people, when they look at me, to say, that guy is nuts, or he really likes the world. God so loves them. I want to, when I walk in the store, I'm gonna, I don't, if I don't feel like smiling, I'm going to smile. If I have a mask on, I'm going to smile with my eyes. I want them to know, you know what, I'm okay, and I'm okay with them. I love them. God loves them. We're going to be okay. But peace is something God wants to be. You know, when you have peace, we know we're loved. God gives his beloved Sleep. Gives them rest when they know their love. Teach your children that God loves them. Teach your children about the goodness of the Lord. We are a complaining people. We do not realize how good God has been to us. And we throw away more food than some of this world will ever have in a week. We fill up our trash cans with just leftovers. 
If we eat a, pa- a piece of, uh, of uh, ice cream, eat a bite of it, throw it away. Drink a half a soda, throw it away. Just, we just throw away stuff. But you know, the truth of the matter is, our kids ought to be taught that God has been good to them. I was talking to one of my children recently, and I was walking with Lind- Lydia last night around the block, and we talked about several things. She said, Dad, if Phil and I do not live for God our entire life, it will be such a shame. He said, we have been given so much. To whom much is given, much is required. I was doing the premarital counseling, and one of the things that came up in that is, what do you do when your spouse starts drifting from the Lord? And they decide they don't want to go the same direction they've done. We've discussed that, and it's a painful, painful decision, a painful situation. And one of them asked me, what, do we, what can we do early if that happens? But another thing they said is, if we don't live for God, woe be unto us. You know what that is? That's an understanding of God's goodness. It's the goodness of God that leads us to what? To, to change and direct. You know, everybody, you drive a car, you, you can't just leave the car by itself, leave the and drive straight. You've got to continue to make corrections. You know, that's the way life is that way. But boy, I think it's, I think it's a, we got to teach our children, number one, the love of God. Number two, the goodness of God. Teach gratitude. And several of them I've given their little, the, many of them, when I gave them their little, their little the diploma, they said, and thank you, sir. <laughs> and thank you. But you know, it's beautiful. There's a gratitude. There'll be a gratitude inside of us. Moms and dads, don't let your kids complain. One time I told my dad, Dad, I am so bored. I have never been so busy after that statement. He called about four widows in our church. I was cleaning windows and gutters and mowing grass, all for free because of the love of God. I'm telling you what, that's the last time I ever said that thing. He said, John, you are a blessed young man. God's been good to you. Quit complaining about how bored you are. You don't have anything to do. He fixed that for me. Food. Learn to be thankful for food. Learn to be thankful for the things that God has provided for you. Teach your children that the Lord is good. Teach them that the Lord loves them. Teach them that the Lord is holy. That would be taught of the Lord's holiness. We live in a world where we just kind of bebop through it, have Christianity on our terms. Long as it's, as long as I'm happy, that's what really matters, right? That's what the world says. Oh, everybody needs to be happy. That's not a Bible verse. Know what we need to be? We need to be holy. Holy people are happier people. You take a few moments and you start studying rebellious people, you'll find they are not happy. You spend a lot of time on your Facebook or in your face or MySpace or whatever is out there, you're going to find some miserable people on there. And they're not doing anything for good or for God, and they, all they have time to do is complain and gripe. I'm just going to tell you something real quick. Let me give you a little secret. Get a, look up in here. You stay busy for the Lord, you won't have a lot of time to aggravate and, and frustrate and spend a lot of time. You stay on that bus route, you stay soul winning, you start discipling people, you won't have time to mess around and find everybody else that's doing wrong and try to fix everybody else's wagon. But we don't we teach our children that God is a holy God. You know, why did God give us the Bible? Tell us what's right, what's not right, how to get right, how to stay right. 
We get into the Bible, we find out that God is concerned very much about righteousness. He has a way he does things. And it's important that, by the way, it, not, it needs to be taught and it needs to be modeled. The Bible tells us, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, because nothing quite ticks off a child, aggravates a child, frustrates a child, like do as I say, not as I do. Stop screaming at your sister! And I'm screaming the whole time. We, we say, don't do this, but we do it. We say, don't lie, and then we say, tell them I'm not home. We have it. There's something going on here. And it's, you know what? There's a holiness of God that needs to be understood, lived out, and taught. He said, your children should be taught of the Lord. Taught that God loves them. Uh, teach them the goodness of God. Teach them the holiness of God. And then mentor it and model it. I think we ought to teach them the forgiveness of God. Learning how to accept the forgiveness of God and then forgiving other people. Learning how to, how to if, if, the reason we forgive people is because God has forgiven us. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath. You don't forgive someone because you feel like it. You, feel, you do it because God's forgiven you. We teach our children early on, this is why we forgive. Because God's forgiven us. Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Children need to be taught of the Lord's love. Need to be taught of the Lord's goodness. Need to be taught of the Lord's holiness. Need to be taught of the Lord's forgiveness. I think they need to be taught of the fear of the Lord. There's two things in Deuteronomy 31 and also Deuteronomy 17 and Deuteronomy 14. The Bible tells us that, that people need to learn the fear of the Lord. Now we know, we can see from the scriptures... All the benefits of fearing the Lord. Now, once again, may I just say, fear of the Lord is not walking around like, oh, is he going to hurt me again today? It is like I'm living in, in a conscious awareness that he's with me. The fear of the Lord is living as though I know God is with me. You know, you would watch your mouth if you realize God is always with you. You'd be careful how you treat your spouse if you realize that Jesus is right there. And he is. But it's the awareness of that. And the Bible tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Chapter 1, verse 7 of Proverbs. Chapter 9, verse 10 tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You, know, you can know more when you know God is with you. You can have more wisdom to know what to do if you know God's with you. The Bible says, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. When you know God is with you, you elevate your behavior. When you know that someone's eat, watching you eat, you probably are more careful how you eat. All of us pick our nose, but we don't pick our nose when people are watching, I don't think. We stop our kids from doing that sometimes. But that's not, we, we, don't, we, we elevate our behavior. We know we're being watched. When you know God's with you, you, you behave better. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. We give more courage and confidence to face problems when we know that God is with us. The Bible says, if you're the Lord's strong confidence, and, the, he ha, and his children have a place of refuge. You know, a dad or a mom who has fear of the Lord, their kids are automatically more secure. 
Because daddy fears God. Dad walks in the, in the presence of the Lord. You know, people around your workplace, you'll, you'll have much more. Uh, your neighbors, your workmates, your school classmates, your kids, your grandkids will have a lot more peace if they have someone in their sphere of influence that fears the Lord. God gives us lots of wisdom with that. And I think there's two ways we fear the Lord. Number one is when we learn to hear and to heed God's word. The Bible tells in Deuteronomy, says, if you ever have a king, have him write out Genesis through Deuteronomy with his own handwriting and have his own copy of it and let him hear and read the Bible, read the law, and in doing this, he will learn to fear the Lord thy God always. By hearing and heeding God's word, you learn to fear the Lord. By learning to return God's tithe, you learn to fear the Lord. You know, when people learn to say, you know what? Whatever God gives me, he says 10% is his. It's the Lord's. It's holy. That means it belongs to him. I'm going to honor that. You say, Pastor, I must give, him, give the church. I know I'm supposed to do it. You know what? You're doing yourself a favor. You're exchanging that little penny out of every dime, that dollar every ten, that ten out of every hundred, that hundred out of every thousand that God gives you. You're exchanging that for God's presence in your life. It's important. Children need to be taught to fear the Lord, the love of the Lord, the goodness of God. They need to be taught the forgiveness of God. These are things that children, and when you teach them this, then great shall be the peace of our children. If kids had to get their opinion of God from watching you or watching me, would they be peaceful? Would they be, would, would they be one thing that I love about the Transformer Kids Club? I'm scared and I'm excited because I want the teenagers to learn to be good models for the kids. I want the kids to study the Bible and pray and say, I want to help my guy, my girl in my class. I want them to know God better. I want them to know what God's like. I want them to know his love and his kindness and his forgiveness. I want to know his goodness to them. I want them to, I want them to know a better God because they know me, because they know my ones, those who are helping us. Let's make sure our kids are taught of the Lord. Not only with our lips, but with our life. And great will be the peace of our children.